Can't get the mic working. Trouble getting the mic on. Um, yeah, turn your Bibles to um, Galatians chapter 5, and in particular verse 22. And, uh, but before we do that, uh, we're going to need to pray. Um, it's been great um, going through those songs and uh, having a real focus on love. Thanks, Luke, for bringing them together and the, the balance of the team. Um, really has helped us focus on the wonderful love that God has for us. And, um, yeah, let's just, let's just pray. Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can be here today and worship you. Um, I just thank you for your love that is like no other. I pray this morning, Lord, that you can just uh, speak through me through your Holy Spirit. May you just put anything aside that is of my human nature and just be totally about you. Lord, may your word this morning captivate our hearts and our minds and inspire us to move forward in our relationship with you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, kids, you've got a, a fun pack. I gather if um, you think that Mr. Blanche is going to be too boring, so you feel free to gather that out. Um, I think kids are so blessed these days. I think I've mentioned it before that when I was a boy, we never had fun packs to play with. Just had to sit there and be quiet. Maybe I'd listen to the speaker a few times, but yeah. No, um, yeah, kids, um, we've got something to do there. That'd be great. So Galatians 5, verse 22, a well-known passage about fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Chris uh, shared with me that we're going to be doing a series on the fruits or fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to do them in blocks of three. So we're going to do the three Sundays now with um, love, joy, and peace. And then we're going to have a break, and then maybe next holiday series, holiday time, or some other time through the year, we're picking up another three, and then another time we'll be picking up another three. So his request was, could I focus on love as a fruit of the Spirit? So if you look at, um, I suppose, these fruits, we, we want to identify a lot about the nature of God. And we want to identify how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and somewhat better enables us to be a witness to the character of God and ultimately to give him glory. This series is going to help us understand that we need to grow in Christ, that our lives continually need to be transformed through the work of the Holy Spirit to better equip us what for to live out this fruit to the fullest. And we saw that in the perfect life of Jesus when we read the New Testament. He was a man who was fully man, fully God, fully yielded to the Holy Spirit in his perfect life that he lived. So to give some background context, because we're just going to focus on one characteristic today, that is love, out of the fruit of the Spirit, I wanted to look at some background rather than just launch in. So this book of Galatians that, you, that you've got open addresses church, the churches and the false teaching that was occurring at this time. And there was a push from, in particular, Jewish Christians for believers to go further into Jewish laws to receive salvation. Paul talks about circumcision and some of the other religious uh, processes that would have been part of the law in itself. But these were churches that Paul's established. And he speaks into that and says, no, you know what, all believers have faith and freedom in Christ. And that's true for us even today. And we're not to be constrained to the laws 
or fulfilling religious practices to receive salvation. <clears throat> Can you get me a drink, Mister? But clearly Paul brings out the fact that he reminds us that we are justified by faith, not by works of the law. Thanks, Doug. So we're going to have a look at two quick passages and turn your Bibles back a little bit to Galatians chapter 5. We're still in chapter 5, but go back to verse 6. I want us to start to think about or recognise the fact that salvation brings about change in our life. So we're going to be talking about fruits of the Spirit. In particular, we're going to be talking about love. But where, did this, where does this come from? Where is this grounded in? What's its foundation? Well, I want to remind us that salvation in our lives brings change. Galatians 5 and 6, just a short verse. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. That was Paul talking about, don't worry about the law. That has no value when it comes to salvation. But he said the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So we have faith expressing itself through love, and love's going to be our focus today. So here we already see that the characteristic of love, we can pick up on the fact that salvation and faith brings about an expected change in our lives. So there's a response that we have faith, but it's expressing itself through love. So there's an action, there's something happening in our lives when we've given our life to Christ. Salvation is starting to bring that change and it's changing in the way that we love when we love people around us and we love God. So we also, too, as we grow in Christ, we start to display, if you like, this desire to show love to people around us, to grow in love, and as an expression of our faith, and it's part of our transformation, that love forms a major part of our life, our life as a believer. So reminding us that the fact that Paul says neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, nothing else has any value when it comes to salvation. But the only thing that counts is your faith and it's expressing itself through love. Now turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This verse reinforces to us that the transformation in new life that we have in Christ. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. This new life further enables us, the Spirit, to be at work in our lives. You can start to see that at the point of salvation, there's quite a difference in the fact there's an old life and there's now a new life. For the, for the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives, we can see clearly now that there's a walking away of sinful nature. We move away from sin and we move on to what God is calling us to do in our lives and His will. In particular, these fruits identify the fact that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. So salvation brings change. We read that our faith can be expressed through love. We've read here that there's a new life that we have in Christ, and it's in contrast to the sinful nature. Okay, it's different. Salvation brings this change. This new life in Christ, if you like, produces the fruit of the Spirit, and our old sinful ways are gone, and this new life of the Spirit has come. So let's get into the main passage a bit now. 
that's just sort of setting some understanding, if you like, some background or context to the fact that we don't just dive into the fruits of the Spirit without recognising that there's already a transformation that has occurred at the point of salvation in our lives. If you haven't made that step, if you haven't made that decision to put Christ as first in your life, then this is not going, this is not going to mean much to you. But for us who know Jesus, who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have given our lives over to him, we will recognise these fruits occurring in our lives. So let's just read uh, verse 22. Chapter 5 in Galatians, I should say. I'll find it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. These verses, you know, give us insight into the very nature of God and the characteristics that we should see in the life of a believer. Today we're focusing on love, but really they're, they're all encompassing. We can't really separate them ultimately. They're all part of the one package and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the nature of the Holy Spirit that's embedded in the life of a believer. But, you know, the fact that these verses start with a but implies that there's, there's some contrast to the earlier verses. We can't just read this in isolation. So let's roll back a little bit, back into verse maybe 16 through to 17. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. Notice there's this distinction again occurring between that we have a sin, this sinful nature and what a life lived by the Spirit should look like. Paul reminds us that the human nature is to desire what is contrary to the Spirit. But we need to remind ourselves as believers we're not controlled by our sinful nature anymore. We're not controlled by that, but the spirit-filled nature can have control in our life and helps us to recognise the sin in our life, helps us to deal with the sin in our life. Also, as we reflect on the characteristic of love today, and it's been mentioned quite a lot in these songs that have been worshipping, and when you're reading through Galatians chapter 22, 23, we can fall into the trap of maybe believing that, you know what, there's only some of these some of these characteristics that I can do. You know, maybe, maybe, um, maybe love's not my thing. Maybe, maybe it's um, faithfulness or, or self-control. Or maybe love is your thing and self-control you have a problem with. Whatever it is in our humanity, in our sinful nature, we can see that, oh, we can't do these in their entirety. But in, in reality, we can't just divvy them up. Because... Remember, salvation brings change. At the point of salvation, we have a transformed life and that transformation is within dwelling of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has all of these characters, characteristics, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. We have access to all of these and we have access to a Holy Spirit that is powerful and can bring change in our lives. Amen. Amen. So today is love. How do we go in the area of love? All the fruit that I've just said is encompassing. I don't like to call it fruits of the Holy Spirit. I've sort of come to the conclusion I'd like to call them characteristics. I feel like it's, it's all fruit. 
you know, um, it's a bit like um, when I was doing some reading yesterday, Vanessa kindly brought out some fruitcake. <laughs> I thought, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and I thought, well, do, do I just pick out one piece of fruit? You know, I like, I like certain things, but you know, do I just pick it to pieces? No, I just I have it as a whole cake because everything's beautifully complementing. In the life of a believer, we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit enables all of these things to be done in complement to one to complementary to one another. We struggle and we struggle with sin, but the Holy Spirit, it's the same Holy Spirit that our Lord Jesus had when he walked on this earth, and he, he was fully yielded to the Holy Spirit. Please remember, I've noted down here, it's not about our personal capacity, it's not about our personality shape. All these aspects that reflect the very nature and the will of God himself are through a transformed life. And they're enabled by the Holy Spirit. It's not in our strength. It's not in our strength that we love in particular. In everyday life, we recognise fruit as a product. Um, it's identifiable to its origin. If I look at an apple, and it's obviously an apple tree and it's a pear, that's a pear. I know the origin of that fruit. So are the fruits of the Spirit. When we're dealing with people who don't know Christ, and we're dealing with people who do know Christ, our desire is that the, the Spirit is so overwhelming in our lives that people can see the origins of where that fruit came from. And people can see the origins that it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that's enabled us to be transformed, to be Christ-like. So let's look at the fruit of love. When the Bible teaches about love, love is generally... And it's usually centralised around a will, not an emotion. Whenever we see God displaying love in his word, it's never a response to an emotion or a feelings. It's prompted by an intentional will to love mankind. That love that we read of here in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, 23, it's a deliberate attitude. It's not an emotion or a feeling that we have. Two points I wanted to bring out about this love, that mankind's salvation has originated in the love of God and only to reach, and then love reaches its full potential when we see the expression of that through Jesus on the cross. So our salvation is originated in the love of God that he has for all mankind. And Jesus extends that full expression through the work of the cross. The fruit of love is given to us as a characteristic of the Spirit and that same love for God we have for all mankind. And it's the same love that compelled Jesus to the cross. Is that the love that you have for people around us? Is that the love that we display? I'm not talking an emotional love, an intentional love, a love that has a will, a love that has a purpose. Are we compelled to love like Jesus loved? Is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives that we love others like he loved? God chose and chooses to love all mankind, not because in any way we deserve it, nor is he obliged, to be honest. It's with the understanding and appreciation of God's love do we see the example of how love is the aspect of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when we start to appreciate God's love, we can start to appreciate this fruit of the Holy Spirit, 
this characteristic of the Holy Spirit which should be love in our lives and how it should look and how it should be displayed to others. So much is love the dominating characteristic as a nature of God. The Bible even declares that God is love. Turn with me to John 1 and chapter 4. Verses 7 to 10. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. That's what we're just talking about. So we're not talking about this emotional love. We're not sort of talking about a love that we can conjure up in, in, in how maybe our personality shape may be or how much capacity we have. It's got nothing to do with that. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So if you want to know love, you want to know what love really looks like, you need to know God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us and he sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God, that he, but he loved us. He first loved us. This is a love like no other. This is a love that at times we can't even really comprehend. There's a key couple of points in these verses that he loved despite what we thought of him. So in other words, whatever mankind thinks of God, God still loves mankind. And he gave up even his only son and displayed a love that can only come from God. So this is a love that we're talking about when we're talking about the characteristics of the Holy Spirit in our life. And this focus on love, this is a Christ-like love, this is like a love that is like no other. Everything God does flows from the basis of his love for all mankind, and it should be true for us as well, despite whether our love is reciprocated by people around us or not. This is the fruit, this is the characteristic of the Holy Spirit that we need to be displaying, that we are to love others like Christ loved us. The characteristic of love from the Holy Spirit should be central to our decisions and how we live. Do we do that? Do we really stop and consider love as being central to our decisions in our daily life? central to how we treat someone, central to how we may be speaking to someone or in our relationship? Is love really central to our decisions and how we live? I'm of a firm belief that this agape love, if you like, this sacrificial love, is what drives us to love the gospel and the salvation it brings. That's next level stuff. So we've talked about this love that comes from the Holy Spirit this characteristic of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and how love should permeate in our lives and be Christ-like and be seen by people around us and affect people around us. But go even deeper than that. It drives us to a love of the gospel and a love for the, the joy that salvation can bring in the life of an unbeliever. Where do you sit with that? You know, our faith expressing through love was mentioned in Galatians 5, verse 6. It indicates that our faith produces something. 
We don't just become a Christian or a believer in Jesus and nothing happens. We're not just stagnant, but we shouldn't be. The work of the Holy Spirit um, demands and demands change, demands transformation in our lives because the Holy Spirit reveals sin in our lives and enables us the power to overcome. In this case, it's that these fruits, this characteristic of the Holy Spirit, should be evident in all aspects of our lives, in particular a Christ-like love for all of mankind. Because we needed to be shorter today, I just want to um, start to conclude and also challenge our thinking. If we are really prepared to evaluate the evidence of this sort of fruit in our life, this love in our life, I ask you and I ask myself this as well, where is my heart at when it comes to telling others about the gospel? The good news of Jesus, to what extent am I willing to give up of myself to advance the gospel? For us as a believer, this transformed life in Christ and being indwelt by the Holy Spirit is more than just loving others as Christ loved. Well, I should rephrase that, because Christ loved us by giving his life for us. Is that the sort of life that we live? Are we living a life with the intention of seeing people come to know Jesus? We've even prayed about it this morning. We shared about it this morning. People in our church family have a burden for the lost and for their loved ones that don't know Jesus. Is this fruit, this characteristic of love from the Holy Spirit welling up in us where we want to tell others about Jesus, we want to see others come to Christ? Those two questions, where is my heart at when it comes to telling others about the gospel, and to what extent am I willing to give up of myself to advance the gospel? Those two questions will start to give us a clear indication to ourselves how devoted we are to serving God. How willing we are to allow the Spirit to be at work in our lives as well. In reality, look, we struggle with sin and we need to be fully yielded to the Holy Spirit, but we do struggle with sin. Jesus was the only person that was fully yielded to the Holy Spirit who worked on this earth. We're not. We're still sinners. So as a believer indwelt with the Holy Spirit, with the same Holy Spirit that resided in Jesus, how are we going to love, sorry, how are we going with this love that we're talking about? How are we going with expressing God's love to other people who we deal with in the workplace, at home, in our relationships, in our neighbourhood? It's important to note that becoming more Christ-like requires uh, a constant surrender. As we struggle with sin, we need to constantly surrender. And there's a few verses around that, but one thing that one verse that drew my attention was in Romans. Just pop across to Romans with me if you can. Uh, Romans chapter twelve, verses one to two. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
you might think, why did we read this? But it's a reality that we struggle with sin. That even as a believer, with the powerful work of the Holy Spirit enabled in our lives, we still struggle with sin. But you know what? We have a personal responsibility here. We have a personal responsibility. And that's offering our bodies as living sacrifices, stopping and giving up of our things to God, giving up of our time, recognising the fact that we need to be holy and pleasing to God in all aspects of our lives. You know, it talks about the fact that when we do these things, when we stop conforming to the patterns of this world and the sin that so easily entangles us, when we stop this, you know, it says that we'll be able to test and approve what God will is, God's will is for our lives. And you sort of think, well, hang on, quite often we sort of want to know what God's will is. Well, it partly tells us here that if we're holy and pleasing to God, giving up ourselves as living sacrifices, as a spiritual act of worship, not conforming any longer to the patterns of this world and the sin that so entangles us, but if we're listening to what the Holy Spirit has for us, he'll help us discern the will for our lives. So we have a personal responsibility to be growing in Christ. The Holy Spirit that we have, which was indwelt at the time of us becoming a believer, is no different to the Holy Spirit that Jesus had. It's just the fact that we struggle with sin. We have a personal responsibility and the Holy Spirit enables us the strength to overcome sin. The Holy Spirit enables us to clearly define sin in our life and overcome it. How often, I'm going to ask, do we surrender our time in prayer? How often do we spend time in God's Word? How often do we worship choose to come and worship? How often do we fellowship? How about surrendering our finances, our hobbies, aspects of our relationships that we may have with people on earth, our careers? How much do we willing to sacrifice, give up for the sake of the gospel, to allow the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives? I'm saying these things because it's more about making a conscious effort to be listening to what the Spirit is informing us to do. If we want to be growing in Christ, we need to be in God's Word, we need to be in prayer, we need to be in fellowship. We do these things, we grow in Christ. As we grow in Christ, we enable the Holy Spirit to be at greater work in our lives and for love to be more paramount in our lives and be seen by others. Just in closing... Be asking the Holy Spirit today to reveal anything that is contrary to what God is asking for you in our life, in your life. This constant surrender that we need will allow us to more clearly discern and defeat sin in our lives and make changes in our lives to bring God glory and to allow transformation that salvation brings to be seen by everyone. We know that living like this will show not only those who don't know Jesus, but they will clearly see his love in us. That's what we want. We want people who don't know Jesus to see his love in us. We need to love without bias. We need to love without emotion. We need to display, though, a willingness to love others, just as Christ had a willingness to die on the cross for those that rejected him. We need to have a love that is from the Holy Spirit, that is willing to love everyone. 
across like love. We need to constantly surrender to God as being Lord of all aspects of our lives. And this morning, as we're going to share soon in communion, um, we have a great time just to stop in quietness and in reflection of what Jesus has done, this, this love, this sacrificial love that was given up on the cross for you and me, is the same love that he calls us to have through these characteristics of the Holy Spirit. A love that is self-sacrificing, a love that is willing, and a love that is embracing of all of mankind. Be constantly surrendering to God in all aspects of your life, and this will enable the fruit of love that is God's love that we're talking about to be, displayed, to be displayed even greater in our lives every day this spring. Gracious Lord, we just, um, we just thank you for um, the fact that we can look at your word and have an appreciation of your love that you so freely give. Lord, for, um, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, I pray that as we get a greater appreciation of love, that we'd understand that this love is based on the love that you've given all mankind. Lord, that we can only love like that when we know you. Lord, for, um, for what we're about to partake in, Lord, this bread and this cup, Lord, we just thank you for your love for us displayed for the work on the cross. Um, Lord, may that be an example to us in our own lives of how we need to live, Lord, a sacrificial love that is like no other. We thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for your love for us, Lord. We thank you that we have victory over sin. And Lord, we just thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit to enable that victory over sin and to discern sin in our lives. Lord, help us to be more Christ-like, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.